I'm Jack Zemlicka, and welcome to this episode of our 2020 National Strip Tillage Conference podcast series. In today's program, I chat with Reed Abbott with AgroLiquid about some of the best practices for applying micronutrients in the strip, along with the importance of timing, placement, and expectations. Well, everybody, I appreciate you taking time to join us here for the next installment in our 2020 National Strip Tillage Conference podcast series here. And uh, we're excited to, to have Reed Abbott with us here today from AgriLiquid and uh, appreciate him making time and also for AgriLiquid's support, continued support of the National Strip Tillage Conference. So with that, uh, I'd like to welcome in Reed. And uh, Reed, maybe we could just kind of kick things off here by having you uh, introduce yourself for provide a little background on, on your experience and role there with the company. Absolutely. Thanks for having us, Jack. We are uh, excited to be a partner with you guys and uh, in your efforts to uh, educate the growers out here this year. I come from Southeast Texas. I live in College Station, Texas, which is home of Texas A&M, and uh, I'm a graduate of that uh, university. I was a crop consultant for a while uh, after graduation there and then came to work with uh, AgroLiquid first as a salesman and then now as an agronomist, a regional agronomist. So I've been with AgroLiquid almost 11 years here and I feel like I've gained quite a bit of knowledge in in soils and soil fertility and and, uh, I'll share some of those insights with you today. Excellent, excellent. Well, yeah, we appreciate you you being with us here today and and obviously uh, being able to share some of your expertise and things that you've learned, uh, certainly working with, uh, you know, folks uh, in our audience. Um, So just starting out, you know, I'd love to to get some insight and perspective on you from kind of the, the micronutrient placement. And that's something I've certainly heard a lot more about visiting with strip tillers in particular on, you know, how they want to try to incorporate those nutrients into their overall fertility plan and how that's become a, a key component really in kind of a comprehensive strategy with making sure plants have the nutrition that they need throughout the growing season. So I'd love to get your insight just on, um, you know, what do you see as some of the the key takeaways or advice you have on, on you know, timing and, and, you know, types of micronutrients that um, strip tillers should be considering uh, incorporating into their program? Yeah, well, uh, one of the things, I mean, uh, and, and it's becoming more of a theme, uh, thankfully, in the industry uh, is, is, you know, micronutrients are needed in those small amounts, but that doesn't mean that they're not needed just because the name micronutrients uh, sometimes you know, people mistake that for they're needed less than the others. And they're just as essential. Uh, you know, we, we want to remind guys that they're just as essential as, as your macros are, your, your MPs and Ks and even your secondaries. So, um, you know, with, with strip tilling, um, we do find, uh, you know, because those nutrients are needed in such small amounts, uh, rather than broadcasting them out there, uh, you know, in the form of a dry or, or something like that, um, we can we can pull those in closer to that row, uh, put them right there in that root zone. So, yes, we're putting out less, but that less is doing more, uh, you know, being placed right there underneath that, that uh, seed and in that root zone. So we can get a lot greater efficiencies with them. As far as, uh, you know, the types of micronutrients, so the, the ones that I like to focus on, particularly in the strip, uh, zinc uh, for many crops is, is going to be, you know, your primary uh, micronutrient. We see that in corn, soybeans, cotton, a lot of your, you know, traditional row crops. Uh, and, and so I would definitely 
I want to make sure that we we have a, a good helping of zinc uh, there in that strip till. That's going to help pair well with the phosphate offering that we're going to give that plant as well. Uh, those two nutrients kind of work uh, symbiotically, so to speak, within the plant, within the soil. And so making sure we have adequate amounts of zinc to, to pair with that phosphate uh, is, is going to be important. Uh, next, I would probably focus on iron and manganese. Uh, those two micronutrients, I would say, are, are important for sure in your higher pH soils, but also wheat is a, a favorite lover of wheat, I guess you could say. Granted, that's not something that we uh, would, would normally strip till in, but uh, for guys that are rotating with wheat or whatever, I would certainly uh, make sure that, that uh, iron and manganese are up there. Um, Follow that up, uh, you know, copper, uh, you know, would, would be uh, something that I would look at. Uh, some soils are, are adequate and, and copper already, um, but that's that's one that we don't want to let slip by as well. Guys also do uh, sometimes place boron there in that strip-till uh, environment. Um, you know, that, that can be uh, good and bad. I mean, boron is one of those uh, nutrients that uh, is typically used in the reproduct or it's thought of as a reproductive micronutrient, and it's also the micronutrient that's leachable. And so, while it's a convenient placement for for boron, if we have that ability to go later on in the season, uh, I usually like to steer my guys uh, towards a later application of boron, uh, just to target that that timing of, of boron application. Excellent. So in, in your experience, and, and I appreciate you, uh, you know, kind of running through the, uh, a roster of, of different micronutrients, you know, what are you seeing, you know, as, as some of the, the best combinations, you know, uh, in talking with customers, you know, what, what are they getting the most response out of? What are they most interested uh, in experimenting with or at least trying to, um, you know, get that uh, crop response that, that they're looking to kind of supplement their, their primary nutrient application strategy? Yeah, uh, I mean, again, uh, the the zinc, iron, and, and manganese are, are truly going to be probably the ones that that guys see the most bang for their buck on. Um, I would highly recommend that we uh, utilize a, a protected form of those. You know, if it's a chelated, I mean, uh, that's going to make your life simpler. Uh, you know, just from a compatibility standpoint, with our products, with AgroLiquid, we're utilizing our our flavanol polymer technology to help uh, promote not only a, a protected form of those micronutrients, but help enable those micronutrients to get into the plant a little bit more favorably than you know some of your standard products out there on the market. So, guys are are interested in those high efficient easy to use, maybe low use rate type products that, you know, again, we can fit in that band. Uh, we're not broadcasting out there, but guys can get, you know, further down the the, the field uh, when it's strip tilling or planting time, you know, by using a product that's a lot less use rate. Of course, micronutrients uh, by definition aren't going to be heavy, heavy uh, use rates anyways, but uh, in combination with all their other products, they can they can minimize those those trips and those fill-ups. Sure. So, um, and again, you know, in, in my experience talking with, with strip tillers, certainly over the past few years, you know, um, micronutrients have, have come up much more frequently in the conversation when we're talking about um, fertility programs. How have you seen 
kind of the micronutrient interest and adoption evolve over the last few years in terms of, you know, what you're seeing in terms of uh, incorporating these these different uh, micros into kind of the overall plan that that strip tillers or farmers as a whole uh, are adding to their program. Well, I think it's a couple of things. Uh, one, I think it's it's grower education. I mean, uh, guys are becoming aware that N, P, and K uh, isn't going to satisfy uh, the 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 needs of the plant alone. And so, you know, they've been to educational seminars. They've seen uh, what other numbers mean on the soil sample. I mean, you know, wasn't all that long ago that an N, P, K soil sample was a fairly standard practice in the industry. And, and now you see guys getting more of those complete samples taken and recorded. And so they're seeing that they have deficiencies in some of these other micronutrients. The other thing I think is that, you know, we just continue to strive to, to achieve those higher yield goals. And uh, again, when we're talking about 250, 300, 350 bushel corn, or 80, 100 bushel soybeans, your basic primary or even secondary nutrients become less and less important. And some of those smaller micronutrients kind of find the forefront of return on investment in a guy's program. And so uh, I think guys are just, again, becoming more aware of that. And then when you're talking about these these higher yielding environments, uh, those micronutrients play a much bigger role in that. And so that's why you're seeing the, the interest there. Oh, and that segues into the next question nicely, just in terms of, you know, what are you seeing as, as some of the primary benefits here out of, um, you know, adding these micronutrients, uh, you know, in, in the field and, and kind of timing them out, meeting the uh, the climate that uh, strip tillers are dealing with and, uh, you know, supplementing again, kind of that overall plan that they have going into the season. Sure. So, uh, I mean, I can tell you as an agronomist, uh, you know, whenever I'm consulting with a guy and, and kind of trying to work out the details of his fertility program, uh, I'm always looking where his next dollar is going to be best spent. And so, again, before when we were in, you know, lower yielding environments or guys weren't as aware of the importance of micronutrients, that dollar would always find its way back to one of those primaries, those that MPK uh, and, and this day and age, uh, you know, with the higher yielding environments and guys understanding that there's other things that can get them a higher, uh, return on investment, um, we're, we're finding that, that those micronutrients are, are lacking. And so, uh, again, it's all about finding that next guys, uh, or, or where that next dollar could be most efficiently spent and, and see the best return on investment. And, that, and that's what we're looking for. Well, Reed, uh, you know, kind of taking a look a little bit forward here and in, into the coming year, you know, wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, you know, what, what do you see coming up uh, on the horizon here in terms of any uh, fertility trends or, or topics that you think, uh, you know, strip tillers need to, to keep top of mind or put on their radar as they're uh, starting to prepare for 2021 and beyond? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, of course, the big topic uh, this year is uh, commodity prices and, and of course, fertilizer prices, input costs, those those things. Uh, and then we've got weather as well. I mean, we've seen, uh, uh, you know, a few hurricanes hit uh, down here in my area. I've also, you know, heard that we're heading into a La Nina year, and so there's going to be extra management practices there. Um, you know, the, the big thing I, I would you know, suggest or advise guys to do is, is get with, uh, you know, an expert, a fertility expert, uh, and, and sit down with them, 
you know, hash out a plan. I mean, understand, you know, the risks. If you're, if you're putting out fertilizer early, what you need to be doing to protect that fertilizer, to extend that release and make that product available for when your crop actually goes on the ground uh, and how best to manage those nutrients, depending on what your cultural practices are. With strip tilling, uh, you know, obviously we're doing a lot uh, by banding that fertility uh, and, and we're taking care of a lot of that uh, application timing, uh, you know, way ahead of that crop or, or in some cases way ahead of that crop. And so, you know, again, making sure that we're uh, utilizing the best products and, and extending that release out into the season is going to be going to be important. Um, there's a lot of different factors that are playing, playing into that, but I really highly recommend getting with uh, somebody that you trust in, in the fertility industry and sitting down with them and hashing out that plan. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Reed, I appreciate you making time here. Uh, always good uh, conversing with, with you and the folks at uh, AgroLiquid. Good catching up. And, and again, uh, one, always appreciate your continued support of the conference as well. So a lot to think about here. I know uh, it's it's been an interesting ride here in 2020. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know everybody's looking forward to, to flipping the calendar over. But thanks for the food for thought and, and the good advice as uh, we start to look forward. So appreciate you being with us today. Absolutely, Jack. And uh, again, thank you guys for your support as well. We'd like to again thank AgroLiquid for their support of the 2020 National Strip Tillage Conference and each of the 13 title sponsors that made the seventh annual event a success. Look for more coverage of the National Strip Tillage Conference at striptillconference.com and striptillfarmer.com. I hope that you'll join us again for the next episode in our 2020 National Strip Tillage Conference podcast series, for Reed Abbott, AgriLiquid, and our entire staff who helped coordinate the National Strip Tillage Conference, I'm Jack Zemlicka. Thanks for listening.